0: every team every topic everywhere this is believe the whiskey mistress and it's a show hi this is debbie showcare on believe and the whiskey mistress on the believe podcast network the number 1 podcast network for professionals do you believe well, a few weeks ago we were talking about what distillation actually is. It is um, a process that has an intentional, specific objective, but we didn't even begin to talk about the means to that objective. Distillation, the process that gleans the good stuff from fermented mash, well, that requires the use of a device called a still. There's two types of stills, a pot still and the continuous or column still. Today, we're going to talk about the pot still. The pot still it, its a relatively simple device, much like a huge kettle, the top of which tapers off into a spiraling pipe. Heat beneath the pot vaporizes the liquid, and as the vapors rise through the cooling spiral, they are condensed and run off as new whiskey. Now, the pot still cannot produce a high-proof whiskey, but it is universally used in the making of Scotch single malt whiskeys as well as certain whiskeys in this country. And very often, the pot still is the still of choice for craft distillers. Now, something very interesting here. The pot still cannot produce a high-proof whiskey. And, And I'm not talking about the proof of the whiskey in the bottle. I'm talking about the proof at which it comes out of the still. Bottling proof is adjusted near the end of production. Now proof, air quotes proof, refers to the amount of alcohol in a spirit such as whiskey. Theoretically, pure alcohol would be 200 proof. A combination of half alcohol and half water, it's scored as 100 proof. I'm not sure why I'll look into that, but here's the thing. Now, when you distill something, At a lower proof, you retain more of the character of what you started with. The higher you go in proof distillation, the less character you retain. And when you get into very high proof distillation, you end up with a neutral spirit, essentially vodka. That's right! Most vodka is not made from potatoes. Are you surprised? You can make it from nearly anything. The key, the key there, is high proof distillation. We'll talk more about that in a bit. So, if a pot still cannot produce a high proof distillate, and distilling it at a lower proof means that you retain more of the character of what you started with, then the distillers using a pot still may be more discerning about the quality of the grains they're going to use because they know more flavor will be retained from those grains. And a pot still, it's an enclosed system with an external heat source. Distilling has to be done in batches, and and once a batch of fermented mash has been distilled, the still is emptied and cleaned, and then the next batch is put in and distilled. That's what small batch pot distillation is all about. So when you see a label that says, air quotes, small batch pot distilled, it's, it's like they're bragging they're telling you that they take every step to bring you the most flavorful whiskey possible. Now, because the distillate coming from a pot still has a relatively low proof, it may be distilled more than once, they may take the distillate and redistill it, and the alcohol content will increase each time. So how big is a pot still? Well, it can be small. It could be very large and really any size in between, depending on the size of the production. Usually they're made of copper and they are very, very pretty. But that's not why they're made of copper. <laughs> oh, they could be made of other metals. But down through the years, I guess really down through the centuries, whiskey makers, no doubt lovers of whiskey themselves. See, I say that a lot, don't I? No doubt lovers of whiskey themselves they settled on copper for a very good, and I think very interesting reason. Now, of course, copper is a great heat conductor. We, we all pretty much know that. So it, it has that going for it, but you know, so is stainless steel. So why do distillers use the much more expensive option of copper? It's chemistry and it makes your whiskey taste better. You see, there's a stinky sulfur component, kind of like rotten eggs. That's a side effect of fermentation. And most whiskey lovers would agree that's not something we want in our glass, or anywhere else, probably. And this is where copper stills do their magic. The sulfur that's come from the yeast on the molecular level during distillation reacts with the copper, making copper sulfate. The copper sulfate remains in the still after the batch is done, and then the still is cleaned, washed, and prepared for the next batch. And your whiskey is all the more tasty for it. So the next time you're gazing into your glass of whiskey, into your glass of beautiful amber gold. Just think about it. Copper stills. Hmm. And now you know. So as I mentioned earlier, you can make vodka out of nearly anything. The key is high proof distillation. I love telling people that because it blows their minds. Most people think that vodka is made from potatoes, and it certainly can be. But these days, most vodkas are made from grain. Are you surprised? Listen, Gray Goose, that's a French wheat vodka. Kettle 1 is a Dutch wheat. Ciroc is made from grapes. Hanger 1, a California vodka, is made from grapes and wheat. And Chopin, well, they make the most commonly known potato vodka. But did you know that they also make two other varieties? A wheat and a rye. You can make vodka from nearly anything through high-proof distillation. By the way, I highly recommend Chopin's rye vodka. It's phenomenal. Delicious, delicious, delicious. And one more point here. You see, you see, some people, they think they can't drink whiskey because they're gluten intolerant, and whiskey is made from grain. But wanna know a secret? The process of distillation removes the gluten proteins. That's right. Celiac information sites clearly state that distilled spirits, even those made from grain, like whiskey, are safe to consume. Well, like, except for those very, very, very few people who are unusually sensitive, the great majority of gluten sensitive people can drink whiskey and grain vodkas without any problem at all. Yeah, you're welcome. Remember, though, that liqueurs and flavored whiskeys and and flavored vodkas, well, they often have other ingredients in them. So make sure that you check the label carefully. I hope you learned something, because now you know. talking about vodka for just a second because uh almost all of us are sort of under quarantine right now and if you want to know something fun to do um a, a fun way to taste the difference in vodkas here's what you do get yourself two or three different vodkas um pour an ounce or ounce and a half in a glass and fill it with ice water yes that's exactly what i said fill it with ice water because the flavors are so subtle in vodkas you really have to dilute them down before you can appreciate them but if you put for instance gray goose next to kettle one next to uh, any of the chopin varieties you're going to notice an amazing amazing difference in the mouthfeel, in the quality of um, the quality of the flavor, and definitely in the finish. And if I was going to recommend any, I know I'm the whiskey mistress, whatever, but I do talk about other spirits as well, and I hope you uh, appreciate that, um, that I will be doing that from time to time. Um, I really like Hangar One Vodka. It's an amazing, crisp, clean finish and i like it i I mean i really like kettle one and i would put hanger one just just a touch above that and the other one that is i think phenomenal is uh the chopin rye again remember I, i mentioned earlier chopin has three different varieties they have the most commonly seen one uh the the potato variety which is very very good um they also have um they have a wheat one, which is good, but their rye. It, it has a red label around the neck. It is out of this world, really delicious. It's really, really good. But here, this is a, this is a little um, spirits-based, uh, educational assignment for you. Try tasting some vodkas at home, the way I said, an ounce to an ounce and a half in a glass, fill it with ice water, take a sip, and compare the difference. I think you'll be amazed, and I'd love to hear about it. It's the big elephant in the room, the elephant in the world, I suppose. Um, Nothing against elephants. Love elephants. Um, But let's talk about our our collective situation here, Um, primarily, I guess, quarantine. That's what most of us are experiencing Of course, heartfelt thanks to everybody out there helping us to continue on in some sort of normalcy right now. Of course, our healthcare workers, God love them. Um, And the farmers and the truckers and the grocery store and pharmacy workers. And I'll leave leave people out. I mean, the, the, the sanitation workers, all of our government officials, everybody who is allowing us to do what we need to do on our part, thank you so much. Um, Our hearts, all of us, we thank you collectively. I know I speak for all of you, right? And the rest of us, our job is to stay home. And um, stay home. Be still and let the wave pass. And I challenge you, when this is over and we walk out of here to some sort of normal living, style again. Remember that everybody, everybody you see, you might have been their hero. The fact that you stayed home might have meant that they didn't catch it. So be everybody's hero and stay home. Save lives, please. God bless you. God bless America. God bless the whole world right now. And um, and always, duh. But um, I hope you're all well. I hope you're all very happy. And I look forward to talking to you again next week. Thanks for listening. Join me next week on Believe in the Whiskey Mistress, right here on the Believe Podcast Network. Whiskey Mistress